Welcome to the Therapist to Millions podcast with Dr. Susan Spicer and Damien Marksmith, where we interview all kinds of therapists to see what makes them tick as they share their breakthroughs, their most interesting cases and their biggest challenges and what's working in the world of mental health today. And on today's show, we have Dr. Rina Bajaj, who is a chartered counselling psychologist with over 15 years of experience. Her private consultancy offers a specialist therapeutic service for adults and young people, providing counselling, CBT, clinical supervision, EMDR therapy and coaching while specialising in dating and relationships. And she's a prolific contributor in the UK media. So, Rena, welcome to the Therapist to Millions podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited welcome. to be here. Fantastic. So give us a little bit of um, uh, sort of a background. I mean, I've kind of mentioned the different therapies that you do there. So uh, just give us a little bit more of an in-depth into the different therapies you do. Yeah, sure. So um, as a counselling psychologist, I'm trained in a range of different modalities or different types of therapy. Um, And my approach is really to fit the therapy to the person rather than the other way around. Um, so I really like to kind of get to know that individual and think about what it is they're looking for, their style, the type of therapy they think they would like, their goals. Um, and then I can blend approaches depending upon kind of what's what's happening for them and what they feel they need. Um, so I offer a few different things, one-to-one therapy, couples therapy, uh, but also corporate training because I think it's also really important to think about the systems around people so um, even when I used to do a lot of um, training within schools it's thinking about systems around children and then adults Um, so it's a bit of a blend of therapy and and I suppose training really Um, and as you mentioned Damien I do offer sort of a range of different approaches so from cognitive behavioural therapy to EMDR so I do lots of trauma work um, person-centred therapy psychodynamic um, and so often it's a blend of some of the more structured approaches and then some of the exploratory approaches as well. Wonderful that's so fascinating you have such a wide array of things that you do it's so interesting to hear and it sounds like you've really spent a lot of time developing those skill sets in each area. Yeah, I really, I really do try. So like my career has all been about kind of pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And, you know, as, as a psychologist, I just feel like I'm a lifelong learner and there will always be yeah. things to learn. So even though know, after 15 years of seeing clients, every client is completely different and every right. experience is really different, which I actually love. It's probably one of the reasons why I'm still doing this. Absolutely. Right. So we'd also like to know what specific life experiences you've had that may have shaped your work as a therapist? Yeah, so I was kind of reflecting on kind of my journey as a therapist and I think I've always been empathic. So even as a child, I was sort of the empathic child, very kind of sensitive, um, you know, always wanting to help other people. So I think I've had that streak within me. And I'll be honest, when I first decided to be a therapist, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. So I ended up doing a psychology degree and and then just kind of winged it and ended up doing the doctorate really um but you know there's lots of experiences I think that have shaped me as a person which I think also then attracts the kinds of clients that I like to work with in the now um so you know I moved countries when I was a child and just that kind of experience of being in a new place being the outsider perhaps feeling like you don't quite fit um lots to do with identity so I think that really got me thinking about things like self-esteem and and self-worth and confidence and you know as a child I was I was very very shy so even 
speaking on a podcast today probably wasn't something I'd ever would have imagined that I would have done. Um, so, but I love to work with people now to help them to think about their self-esteem and their right. confidence and, and I suppose aligning with their authentic selves and identity is also a big thing for me. So my doctoral training was on the London bombings and the impact on Asian men. Wow. So as a British Asian female, I'm kind of constantly thinking about my positioning within right. society. And, you know, even with things like social media now, I'll be thinking about what I might represent for people or who might align with me. So, you know, culture and cultural issues is is also something that I consider as well as like the impact on, on relationships and the way that we feel about ourselves. I love it. That's fascinating. Uh, so using hypotheticals and not giving any identifying information, of course, can you yeah. give us an example of a success story that you've had in your practice? Yeah, and probably not to sound too cheesy, but like success for me really is when people align to their authentic selves. Um, And, you know, for me, success is what that person is sort of striving to connect with. And um, often there's many layers of people telling us like who we should be, how we should be living life. And that causes lots of confusion. So I think we can internalize lots of things like I can't do that or that's not for me or I need to be this way. So for me, success is almost kind of stripping away some of those things. So people can have like healthier relationships, like love themselves more, trust themselves more, connect to their body, connect to their minds. Um, But so I'll give you an example of sort of um, a client that I was working with and she's probably coming more from a trauma background so this is a bit of a specific trauma where there was an incident um, and following that she developed like a fear of needles Um, Mm. and this was really impacting on on her life because she was wanted to travel and visit family and and kind of move forward with her life and there was some health related concerns that were kind of getting blocked because of this fear and then also things like sleep and routine because she was having lots of flashbacks to the actual incident and nightmares and and that was really impacting on her sense of self and you know her self-worth her self-esteem and also her moods so you know with trauma our moods can fluctuate quite a lot which also can affect our relationships as well Um, and people feel like they sometimes get lost so they're disconnected to the real them um, so, you know, the, the basis for me is kind of really, first of all, building that trust in the relationship. So, you know, a bit of skepticism, like, is this actually going to work? Am I really going to feel different in about 12 weeks time? You know, I've lived with this now for about three years. How are things going to change? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think trust is such a such a big thing, but we were able to kind of work through that. So I used a combination of cognitive behavioral therapy and EMDR. And actually, she was able to get her vaccines to be able to travel. Um, And, you know, she's now moving forward with her life. She feels great. She's able to regulate her emotions. And she's even thinking about getting a tattoo, which I think is quite amazing. Oh, that's huge. Wow. Wow. We kind of like got from one extreme to another. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and just to balance it up, and I know because sometimes this is the biggest learning curve, you know, what's been your biggest challenge or failure, however you want to call it, but but crucially, what have you learned from it? So I think challenges for me have been around, um, for me, it's a big challenge is when I started working with children and particularly young children. So children with quite challenging life circumstances, whether it was um, abuse or trauma. Um, And, you know, very young children actually 
feeling quite suicidal at that point in time. So, you know, for me, that was quite, quite huge, quite a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, you know, I had to really be aware of how I felt towards the children, maybe that need to want to rescue, um, which, you know, I suppose you then don't create the space for that child to really explore. And I think I had to sort of learn how to manage that. Um, and you know sometimes my emotions I say would get in the way so I think I really had to what I had to learn was to practice what I preach which was Mm -hmm. to really think about um, the support networks around me so whether that was personal therapy and thinking about what that triggered for me but also like really great supervision so I think what I've really learned through that is the importance of checking in with myself but also knowing when it's time to evolve as a therapist as well so really kind of align with the type of work that would fit with me in that moment so I guess it's an ever-evolving process but you know just be really aware of your impact and the dynamics within that space of course for sure and what's been your most fascinating or interesting case and why this is so hard and I can actually (laughs) think of like I can't actually think of like the most fascinating case because I think I would say my career has been fascinating. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I'd say that is because um, one of my mottos is to keep pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Because if yeah. I'm going to encourage clients to do that, I really do believe that I need to uh, walk the walk uh, rather than just encouraging people to change their lives and I'm kind of staying in my comfort zone. So I think what I've loved is the different industries that I've been able to work in. So going from charities and grassroots organizations to children's services to substance misuse services to the criminal justice system and then becoming like a millionaire matchmaker um and then kind of going into corporate so i think that's been that has been my most fascinating the most fascinating part of my journey is the ability to kind of shift and change and and to be creative but i suppose what it kind of highlights is that need to keep evolving and almost reinventing yourself or you know keeping up with different skills and training. Sure. Are you a therapist or a coach who would like to expand your practice without trading more time for dollars? Head over to therapist2millions.com forward slash services and check out our membership site, which is a monthly program which will help you grow your practice, understand marketing, but crucially without having to do all of the technology or any of the tricky stuff yourself. Check it out, therapist2millions.com forward slash services. basis in terms of let's let's switch over to marketing for a second so what has been your most successful marketing tactic so I think probably um maybe a little bit unconsciously it has been probably Instagram so um during lockdown I just set up my Instagram account as a way to just raise awareness around mental health and well-being um so you know I think there's there's lots of information out there but not always in ways that's digestible so for me a big purpose was to create like credible information that was trustworthy so so far I'd say it's been Instagram where people can watch me can hear how I speak hopefully it challenges some of the preconceptions around therapy and psychologists as well um so more people I think more people are now accessing therapy as a preventative measure rather than uh, during crisis points so yeah that has been quite big but also has created dilemmas around 
you know, how much do I share as a psychologist? What does that look like? So it's been a big learning curve, but also a great way to to reach more people from from different countries and different places. Excellent. Love it. And if you could write a book, what would the title be? So I'm actually writing a book. I have a draft and it's something it. that I'm kind of working <laughs> on. Um, I'm still debating the title, but it's probably going to be something like The Magic of Me. Um, but it's really about, uh, it's all about self-empowerment. And I think parts of my journey will be incorporated into that and parts of, you know, the tools and techniques that I might use with with clients as well. Fantastic. And we're, we're creating a little library, which your, your book will be added to, obviously, at some stage. Um, mm. But we're creating a library of therapy and non-therapy uh, books that we get recommended. So what has been the best therapy book you've ever read and what? And we're going to keep to one as well, because the last guest that we had, we haven't actually released the podcast yet, but he's had this long list. It's <laughs> like, too many. Um, yeah. yeah. Best therapy book. I say most recently, I really liked Dr. Julie Smith's book, Why Has Nobody Ever Told Me This Before? And I think the reason why is because it does normalise a range of different experiences and emotions. It's really easy to understand. And I think I'm a really big fan of not just giving people information, but helping people to apply real tools to their real lives. So I think, you know, the small chipping away at maybe habits or your perspective or your thoughts can actually create very big changes in people's lives. So yeah, I, I really like that. It's personable, it's easy to read, it's practical. So yeah, tick, tick, tick. Love it, love it, love it. And what's been the best non-therapy book you've ever read and why? I love The Alchemist. That's probably oh, one yes. of my all-time favorite books. And um, I think, you know, the other part of me is probably quite fascinated with like magic and spirituality. And um, I think, you know, that book just led me to sit with my imagination. So for me, it was a book that I could get lost in. Um, and I think also it reminds me of like the power to be able to create things. Um, and I suppose that's really important. You know, I work with people, so they change their lives. So There's probably an element of that there. But that's, yeah, that's one of my favorite books. Love that. Love book. it. So what is your top tip for people listening to this in mental health uh, right now? And that can be, you know, for, for, for other therapists, that can be for, for anyone who's listening that is having troubles themselves. What would be your top tip on mental health? I think my top tip really is to reflect and not react. So I think we've been through like, um, you know, a period of, of change, a period of uncertainty, yeah. where we've almost had to be a little bit more reactive and be in survival mode. So, you know, just take time to slow down and reconnect with yourself and just even regularly check in with yourself, whether it's a traffic light system, like am I red, amber or green today? Or what do I need today? Or what went well today? So I think just that helps to connect you back with yourself and, and hopefully increase like self-compassion. So, you know, I'm a firm believer that we all cope in the best way that we know how to. But if you can start to just tune in to yourself, you'll see what's working for you in the now and maybe where you might need to make some changes. Love that. Mm -hmm, love it. And finally, in order to win a Therapist to Millions exclusive t-shirt, we'd like you to share a fact that blows our minds or tell us a joke that's one of a kind. Oh, I wish I had a one of a kind joke, but I can't. <laughs> I don't have a joke. Um, I think, well, the fact that blows my mind is that our brain can't tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined. 
Yeah. And so it elicits the same response. And so we've got 100,000 thoughts a day. Imagine if we use that to its full capability. Right. So that always blows my mind that we can just use our imagination to change how we feel, change how we think. And there's science behind it too. Love it. Love it. That's love one of my that. favorite concepts as well. And, and that fact really says it quite well. Love it. Fantastic. I think you've won a t-shirt, uh, Rena. Yay! <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely won a t-shirt. <laughs> Superb. Thank you so much. Now, listen, tell us how people can get in contact with you. Yeah, sure. So you can have a look at my website, which is www.renabajaj.com. I'm also on social media. So I'm on Instagram at dr.rena.bajaj, TikTok, um, Facebook. Uh, but if you go to my Instagram, you'll be able to find the other links as well. Um, if you wanted to email me, you could also email me at info at Fantastic. Well, it's been absolutely fascinating and brilliant uh, yeah. to have you on the show. And we'll put the in the show notes all those contact details, plus your favorite books as well. Amazing. And uh, if you yeah, just send us your, your details and we'll send you your exclusive T-shirt. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Thank you so you. much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Pleasure.